Go ahead and take your Bibles and please turn to Hebrews chapter 11. I want to thank Patty for allowing me to wear her glasses. I forgot my glasses at home. I think it's the fifth time I've forgotten my glasses. One time I think Lisa drove all the way back and grabbed my glass. I have forgotten my sermon before at home (laughs) and preached the thought of sermon. I have my sermon today. Hebrews chapter 11. And we'll be looking at verses 20, 21, and 22. There may be some more notes on, on my left, your right, on the counter. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, even regarding things to come. By faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel and gave orders concerning his bones. Father, as we continue our our own journey through Hebrews 11, we pray that you would speak to us through your word. Lord, each of us has different spiritual needs that you need to address, and we pray you would do that, Lord, this morning, by your Spirit, through your Word, for Christ's sake. Amen. When I was 20 years old, I I made a geographical transition. I moved from Orlando, Florida, to Los Angeles. And as I left, my mom looked at me and waved, and she said, Brush your teeth, and remember to trust Jesus. My dad, I... I've loved my dad, but he was more uh, angry and and upset and had such a terrible time with me moving 3,000 miles away. It was very hard for him. My transition from my mom, it was difficult, but it didn't cause her to be angry and completely crushed. On the other hand, my dad, he it was so bad, I can't tell you all the things that, that happened. It, it was really bad. What was the difference? Because my mother had, she had faith. Just as we see in our passage this morning, by faith, verse 20, verse 21, by faith, verse 22, by faith. My mother actually trusted the promises and plan of God that even though her son was going on the other side of the country and then the other side of the world, that she could trust God's plan and purpose because nothing can stop the plan and purposes of God, ever. And that's what we see this morning in this passage and this little unit, unit, believe that God's promises and purposes continue to go forward and they are unstoppable, especially in difficult times, and therefore we can go forward too. We're looking at this whole passage, really chapter 10, verse 32, all the way to the end of chapter 11 is faithfully trust and believe God so that you can go forward in the Christian life and grow in your faith. We do that by exercising our faith. We believe to be saved. We believe to understand. We believe to obey. And this morning, we're going to see now that we even believe from transition to transition to transition. If you just look at the passage, it's here in the passage between these different patriarchs and family heads. You have Isaac, you have Jacob, and you have Joseph, and we could keep going, right? You have Moses and so forth, and 
Joshua and on down throughout the whole whole passage. And so this morning we want to consider what this three verses are, are saying to us. That especially during difficult times, trust God. You can look at this, right? Verse 20. Isaac blessed Jacob. Jacob, as he was dying, verse 22, by faith Joseph, when he was dying. We have seen in this passage that we were saved by faith, we live by faith, and also we die by faith. We end by faith. And we see it even here when these patriarchs are dying and they're blessing their children, almost as it were, passing the baton, saying, I bless you, I'm praying for you, now it's your turn, and I can end by faith and trust God with happiness. Bless you. So how do we do this? We're going to see this morning, and this passage gives us three ways to trust the Lord and to believe during difficult times. God's plan and promises from Genesis 3.15 all the way to the very end of your Bible in Revelation chapter 22, they will be fulfilled. Remember what it says in Joshua, and that one word what? Failed. They all came to pass. So number one, you can see in your notes if you have your notes with you. Faith trusts that God's promises will continue from generation to generation. And we're going to see this broadly. We're going to look at all three verses first in a broad sense. And let me just explain this text as briefly as I can. Again, when you look at this passage and you see these individuals, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, remember also that, don't forget Esau, so you would have also Abraham, Isaac, Esau, you would have Jacob, you would have Joseph, but you would have also, though they're not mentioned, in order to understand all the dynamics, it would be all the history that we covered in the book of Genesis from Abraham all the way to Genesis chapter 50. So from verse 20 of Hebrews 11 to verse 22, that's Genesis basically 12 all the way to Genesis 50. And all the difficulties and problems and situations of, of Esau and Ishmael and Jacob and Esau and Joseph and all of his brothers and all of that is basically wrapped up in these three verses. So we know that there were all kinds of difficulties with all of these different individuals. But when we look here, also note that with these words, by faith, by faith, by faith, but also there is this blessing. Isaac blessed Jacob. Verse 21, Jacob blessed the sons of Joseph. And in verse 22, Joseph here, though, is not giving a blessing per se, but note he's giving orders concerning his bones. All of these different individuals have different problems. You know, Joseph... His brothers betrayed him, rejected him, sold him into slavery. They were engaged in child trafficking, right? The, the brothers of Joseph, how horrible that would be. 
all kinds of issues and family dynamics that were horrible and, and, these, and, and these three verses. But yet, as each of these individuals is basically dying, they're looking at people that in some way or, or method or means were mean to them. What are they doing? They're blessing them and sending them out with God's blessing and looking into the future to what God promised and that God will keep those promises because the plan and promises of God, they keep going. Even though you have these different men from Abraham, the the passage we just saw, from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob and to Joseph, these men, though they went through incredibly difficult times, are continued to look forward and even to give their blessing, to give a a word of good prayer, even to those that were just downright scoundrels to them, asking for God to bless them and, and to continue on in them and in his work. And all of this is by this this act of faith. You, you can look at Isaac. You remember what happened with Isaac. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. What? That should, in a sense, strike you as odd. Isaac blessed Jacob. Isaac was trying to bless who? Isaac was trying to bless Esau. (laughs) And by deception, Isaac ended up blessing Jacob. But yet here in Hebrews chapter 11, it's listed as an act of faith. How can that be? (laughs) By faith... Isaac blessed Jacob. Uh, It was actually by deceit. So then what's going on? Well, you may remember at the end of that passage in Genesis 27, basically Jacob and and Jacob's mom behind uh, Jacob, they had plotted this whole thing to steal the blessing away from Esau. It, it, It happened. And then Esau complains, you know, how can this be? This, this shouldn't happen. And, and Jacob's response was what? What has happened has happened. And ultimately, it was whose will? God's will. And Jacob understood that even through uh, means that were deceptive and not righteous, God is going to get his promised will done, done, that the older is going to serve the younger. And so Jacob didn't try to, to switch it or solve it or do things uh, Isaac, I mean, by his own means. He accepted this sovereign providential will of God. I think that's the idea here when it says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. He could have changed the whole situation, but rather he didn't do that. He was trusting God, that God's plan and God's promise, even though things didn't go the way that he wanted them to go, Isaac was going to trust the Lord. And we see this as well in in verse 21 with Jacob. And he was dying and he could look at all of his children. All of his children, were they the the best children? Like when when you are having sons and daughters, do you say, I hope my children can grow up to be like Reuben? No. You would never say, I want my children to, to go up and to be just like the 11, even like Joseph. You know, they all, I, I don't want my children to be like the sons of Jacob, because they were very bad, most of them, all of them, except for Joseph. 
But yet when he's dying, and you can read this again in the book of Genesis, he gives blessings to each of them. And with many of them, like Judah, through Judah is going to come who? The Messiah. That is, this verse here is saying that even though Jacob realized that there were a lot of issues with his sons, that God's promise and God's plan was still on. That his sin or the sin of his children were not going to change God's plan and God's promises. And so then Jacob, by faith, blesses, gives a, a prayer of, of hope and goodness. And there is some, some judgment, but this, this good prayer for on behalf of his children. It's even a good example for us that even Jesus says, pray for you know, the people that are not necessarily always nice to you, right? We love our enemies and we should pray for them. And we see Jacob doing this. And, and then with Joseph, though it doesn't say explicitly in verse 22, when he's dying by faith, he doesn't say, I now call forth judgment upon my brothers who mistreated me and the plan and promises of God are over because my brothers were so evil and diabolical to me. And now judgment, I, when I die, I want them to be judged. No, he continues to believe and to trust the promised plan of God. And so he talks about when I die, he doesn't say, beat up my brothers with my bones. He says, take my bones to Israel. Because that's where my hope is. That's where my identity is. So all of this to say that faith trusts that God's going to keep his plan from generation to generation to generation to generation. And we see this throughout the book of Psalms. But a famous psalm, again, it's one of these psalms I think I've tried to memorize 20 times. Psalm 100, verse 5 for Yahweh is good. The Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. And his faithfulness to all generations. Faithfulness to what? To, to whom? He's faithful to do what he promised to do. He's faithful to his promises. He's faithful to his plan. He's faithful to his established, fixed principles and purposes that he's made explicit. He does what he says he's going to do. So he can be trusted. And so faith, especially during difficult times that these beloved Hebrew Christians were in, when their family members and friends were being put in prison, when their belongings were being stolen, they trusted that God was going to be the same today, yesterday, and forever, as it says about Jesus later in the book of Hebrews. So that's a a brief explanation of verses 20, 21, and 22. In context, remember verse 39 of chapter 10, but we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but rather of those who have faith to the persevering of the soul. We're going to press forward and keep going forward by faith and exercise it. Faith believes, faith understands, faith sees what is really invisible. Faith continues to go forward and faith trusts God's promises from day to this day to the next day to a thousand years from now. Faith believes. 
Now, what are some applications of this? Uh, a couple. Number one, since God keeps his plans and his purposes and he does not change them, therefore, we can also be persevering in our prayer life. It says in Ephesians six eighteen that we should pray and pray being alert, but also with perseverance. That is because God is committed to keep his plan. He's sovereign. He's going to keep his plan, his purposes, his promises. Should we pray more or pray less? We should pray more. We should pray more fervently, more seriously, with more sweetness. Second, a second application I think that can come forth of this, this exercise of faith based upon God is faithful to every generation to do what he said he's going to do. Second, faith continues to disciple, to teach, to develop, to instill hope in God's promises and hope in God and in Christ from generation to generation to generation. And again, we see this in verse 20, 21, and 22 with Isaac and Jacob. And you can see it with Joseph with how he treats his beloved family. But each of these three men are not keeping their faith isolated. What are they doing? They're telling others about who God is and seeking to bless others with God and God's promises and God's word. Remember again that God had told Abraham, the land of Canaan is going to be yours. It's going to be your possession. And yet when you look at verse 20 and 21 and 22 and all that we studied in Genesis, at this point... With Joseph, they were no longer in the promised land. They were in Egypt. And yet, we see that these individuals, even when it talks about Jacob, when he's blessing his children here, in verse 21, where is Jacob during this time? He's not in the land of of Canaan. He's where? In the land of Egypt. And he's seeking, rather, to not... Uh, despair, but to bless his children and to tell them more and more about who God is, who the Lord is, and God's promised plan for them. That is, we see that Isaac and Jacob and Joseph are not despairing, but they keep going forward, telling others about, especially their own kin, about who God is, about who Christ is. And I think we could say this, Matthew chapter 16 that we continue to tell others about Jesus and the word of God and the promised plan of the gospel. Why? Because the church is built upon the rock of Christ and it says in verse 18, Matthew 16, chapter 16, verse 18, the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Even uh, Satan and, and death and hell cannot overcome Christ and his gospel, and his truth. And it wasn't Egypt, and it wasn't distance, and it wasn't time, and it wasn't this conspiracy that the brothers of Joseph launched, and it wasn't uh, all the sin of Judah and Tamar and Abraham 
And it wasn't all of their sin and, and Hagar and Ishmael. All the different sin and difficulties that we saw with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, and Esau. None of that stopped the promised plan of God. None of it did. But rather, in the midst of that, and especially here at the end, they keep sharing the truth. And so should we. We keep preaching Christ. Whether it's your own family, your own neighborhood, uh, take an opportunity at Maple Creek, uh, we went caroling, any kind of Christmas concert outreach that we have, the, the 4th of July, at work, we tell people about Christ. And then finally, just thinking about application of this brief point of faith, trust that God's going to keep his promises, we rejoice. God is the great promise keeper. And so we rejoice and place our faith in him. And now secondly, a second way that we exercise trust and believe that God's plan and promises are unstoppable and in difficult times because of the context of these believers in the book of Hebrews, but also even the context, the historical context of Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, that they trust God's promised plan. Faith trusts God even through different generations. Again, when I left home, my mother said, Tom, brush your teeth, <laughs> trust Jesus. And then when I told her I was going to India, what do you think she said? She said the exact same thing. She said, be sure you're brushing your teeth and trust Jesus. You keep going farther and further away, but I trust God. And again, for my father, it was much more difficult because he didn't have that faith in Christ. Having faith in Christ, distance and time and geography, yes, it can make, it makes things difficult, but there's hope and there's joy because God keeps his promises. Number two, faith worships even at the worst of things. In this context, death. Faith worships at the worst of things. And in this context, it's a death. Could you worship at your own death when you're about to die? Will you and I be able to glory to God and worship the Lord? Look at verse 21. And by the way, when you look at verse 21 and verse 22, when it uses the term dying here, uh, two different Greek terms, but each one of them is placed in a sentence in the Greek in such a way that it's stressed more than the other words. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying. By faith, Jacob, as he was dying. Those are being stressed to bring out the idea of faith. These men, though they had their ups and downs in their life, as they were departing this world, they had faith, and they exhibited that even at the seemingly the, the worst of times. And now look at Jacob, and you can see by faith he did two things. He blessed his children, and he worshipped. He did that by faith at the worst of times, is the idea, seemingly, because he was dying. And he had to have a, a staff or a cane to stand 
But by faith, he was able to think of others and not himself. As he's dying, he's thinking of his children. Again, who weren't always the best children. And he's thinking of the Lord because he's worshiping the Lord. Both of those are happening at the same exact time. The the means that Jacob could do this was by faith, by trusting God, by taking refuge in Yahweh. Jacob, as he was breathing his last breath, was able to pray to God for blessing upon his children. And, And somehow, as he's leaning on his staff... Worship God. And again, it says by faith. That is trust, taking refuge in, hiding in who and what? God and his promises. Yahweh and his promises. Even at the very twilight of his life, Jacob is able, that man that was a deceiver, is now with dedicated, fervent Worship, able to place his eyes on God. How did that happen? By faith. By taking refuge not in himself. If there was any person that could not look at his life, at the end of his life, and say, man, I've lived such a good life. I go to heaven boldly. Was that why Jacob was so happy? No. Jacob was a scoundrel. He was able to worship God and to give blessing to his children not by faith in himself, but by faith in who? In the Lord. In the Lord, in the Lord's redemption, in the Lord's promises, in the Lord's plan. Not based in his own life. For by grace we are saved through faith. It is by grace alone. By grace alone and Christ alone. It is an amazing passage to me. And maybe my mind can be a little bit too vivid, but I picture in my mind in verse 21, Jacob hardly being able to breathe, just... And if you've been of somebody that that's passed away, that's often a state where the body gets in it. It gets harder to breathe. And... And I can picture in my mind in here, Jacob on his staff. You know, you can picture an older man. He's leaning on his staff and gives a a prayer for his children of blessing. And then he worships the Lord. And, And what does worship mean? It means to give worth and value. Here, Jacob is giving ultimate worth and ultimate value as Basically, as his spirit is, you know, both literally and figuratively, as his spirit is leaving his body and he's about to cross the river of death, he's, glory to God. Glory to God. You are worthy, Lord. You are the one that is worthy. He's not looking back at his life and saying, look, Lord, at how worthy my life is. But rather, he's what? You are the worthy one, O Lord. You're the worthy one. What a way to die. Maybe you, maybe you don't want to live like Jacob, but we should die like Jacob. Worshiping the Lord with faith. Talk about a transition. I only went to California. <laughs> and then to India. Jacob's leaving earth. <laughs> 
And as he does that, he does that with faith, worshiping the Lord. And I think that, and I think this must be the the intent, because if you go back and just look earlier at Hebrews chapter 10, again, it talks about in verse 34, that they accepted joyfully the seizure of their property, knowing that they had a better possession and that they had a lasting one. We know that these believers and Hebrews were being thrown into prison and were going through difficult times. And so it seems that the Holy Spirit is saying, look, all these men went through the, the greatest of difficult times, even to the place where they were at that river called death. And even there, Jacob worshipped the Lord. So just consider a few applications. The ultimate purpose of, of faith is worship. Faith is placing your supreme value and hope and, and inspiration and an object and a person, and that is the Lord. Philippians 3.3, 3, we glory in Christ and we worship in the Spirit and place no confidence in the flesh. Faith by its nature is going to worship its object. And so that's why we place our faith in Christ and the Lord. When do we worship? Yes, we worship here, but we worship everywhere, especially in the most uh, difficult of times. If you're in prison, would you worship? When Paul and Silas were in prison, what happened? What did they do? They worshipped. They worshipped the Lord. Even when Paul and Silas were in prison, they gave ultimate worth to God. There was no bitterness. There was no complaining. We don't see that here with Paul and Silas in the book of Acts. We don't see that here with Joseph or Isaac or Jacob. Because faith, at the end of its life, faith is giving supreme value to the Lord, its maker. True faith will destroy bitterness and complaining because there's this humility and resting and trust in God. And it understands. And we'll see this as we go forward with Moses. There is this understanding that crossing the river of death, though painful, it leads to something that is far, far more glorious. To live as Christ, to die is gain. We're not saying that it's easy. Again, I picture in my mind, Joe, you know, Jacob, it's being very hard for him to breathe. But with his last breath, he's, in a sense, saying, I exalt thee. And then he dies. <laughs> right? That's a great way to pass away. May we die like Jacob. I would exhort all of us, though, that we would seek to have his kind of faith when he dies now. Don't wait till your deathbed to exercise faith in Christ. In a sense, be like the thief on the cross, but then, in a sense, don't be like the thief on the cross. Don't wait till you're at your last minutes of your life to cry out to Jesus. Cry out to Jesus today to be saved. Now we go to our third way, our third way that 
that faith believes even from generation from generation, from father to son to grandson, whatever the transition may be, there is this faith that trusts God's person and his plans and his promises because he is worthy. Number three, faith sees past death. It doesn't just worship at death, it sees past death. It sees past very difficult things. Again, we see this in the next true character. That is, these are not just make-believe people, these are real people. We see this with Joseph. And I think in a sense, to me, at least when I first read this when I was a child and still a little bit today, it's a little bit odd for me. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel and gave orders concerning his bones. So when jo- when Joseph is dying, he's telling his children and his brothers, when I die, this is what I want you to do with my dead corpse, with my body, especially with my bones. Why is he talking this way? Why? Remember, Joseph isn't in Israel. How long did Joseph spend in the land of Canaan? 12 years, 13 years, something like that. Maybe. He hasn't been there for a long time. And then Israel is going to be in Egypt for 400 years. And here he's talking about the Exodus. Made mention by faith, Joseph, when he was dying... Again, he's about to pass away. Oh, about my bones. (laughs) I want, he didn't say, I want my bones to be buried in a pyramid. Overlaid with gold inside and outside. And jewels and rubies. No, rather take my bones to a desert and throw them in a cave and put a rock over it. Right? He could have said, I want a massive parade. I'm the second most powerful person in Egypt. I want that this massive parade, and then I want this big, huge pyramid, and I want all my brothers sealed inside the pyramid alive. That's my vengeance. He doesn't do that. By faith, when he's dying, when he's breathing his last, take my bones. When God fulfills his promises to you, Take my bones with you. And so here you have Joseph who, through struggle and turmoil, through being persecuted and being lied and slandered about, and though it took 400 years and he's in a different country and he's breathing his last and he hasn't really yet seen the fulfillment of God's promises he is able to see past his death into the promise of God. And he does that by faith. Faith sees through the darkness of distance and death and to who God is and to the reality that God's promises are more sure than the sun will shine tomorrow is God's promises. That's what this text is saying. That's what it's saying to these beloved Hebrew Christians and saying to you and I this morning. Now, as far as application goes, there's a passage in the book of Philippians where it talks about Paul, and he's in chapter 1, 
he has this great expectation that whether he dies or he stays alive, that Christ is going to be glorified. And the word it uses is almost as if Paul had his head. And like if you try to look over something and you can't really look over it and so you get on your tippy toes and then you stretch out your head and you're like this. And he uses that kind of language. That is what I see here with Joseph, and this, because it's 400 years away, and it's across a great distance, that Joseph is, I can see way, way out there, the promise of God will be fulfilled. And his faith is looking far. And that's what faith does. It's able to stand on its tiptoes. Or, if you want a different illustration... Faith sees, like, maybe even better than Superman's x-ray vision. Faith is able to see through obstacles, even sinful obstacles, and see through slavery and bondage and geographical distance and even chronological distance. And it's able, which means it's greater than Superman's x-ray vision, and able to see the reality of what will be based upon God's Truth. And all of us need to have faith like that. And faith by its nature is like that. Remember, even if you have tiny faith, what can you do? You can move mountains. The power is in the object of our faith. Faith is the means to unlock that power, but that power comes from God. Faith looks beyond the present circumstances into the forever reality of truth. Probably, again, I, I probably say this too much, but for me, I try to have faith to look past my neurofibromatosis. There, there can be pain. And so by faith, I look, for, or I go, oh, there's a bump on my hand, a, a, a new one. Ah. But faith is able, by God's grace, to hope and to look past that and to, you know, Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 18, I think it is, to, to where that it will be a world of glory and, and, and perfection. Faith is not looking just at its present circumstances, but beyond. For Jacob, he's not thinking... The ultimate is for me to be buried in a pyramid. No, the ultimate is to be in the land of, of promise where God's purpose and plans will be fulfilled. That is my identity. Your identity, my our, our identity is not our present bodies, but it's in Christ. And Christ was resurrected. And in Christ, we'll get resurrected bodies. Though it's not explicit, and I can't be dogmatic about it, I wonder if he gave orders concerning his bones. You know, he wants his identity to be Israeli and not Egyptian, to be with God's people. But also I wonder if there's a little bit of resurrection here. If there's, you know, almost like, I think it's like the book of Job. And Job, at a different place, it talks about uh, with his eyes... After his death, he'll be able to, to see. And I wonder here if there's even a little hint of the future resurrection when it says, gave orders concerning his bones. This idea that God is not yet done with us even after we die. Perhaps. 
But certainly, I think it's the idea, brothers and sisters, that Joseph is saying, death is not the end. And so when I die, don't bury me with a bunch of gold and silver and rubies and gems that have no value. (laughs) I want to be buried in a place where there's going to be great value, and that's with God's promises and his plans and his people. You can't take anything of this earth with you except faith in the gospel. So the stuff of life, gold and silver and your bank account and cars and houses and clothes, they're all nice, they're all gifts from God, but you can't take them with you. Faith, God's truth, love and hope in Christ, they'll be with you forever. And I believe that that's what ultimately the Spirit is saying through Joseph to these believers that are suffering is be like Joseph. Have your identity not in the stuff of this world. Those are great gifts from God. But the greatest gift of God is God and faith and truth and love. And look through death. Look through your circumstances to that truth. And that will enable you to keep going forward. What about you? Will you go forward in faith? Can we be like Isaac and Jacob and Joseph? Some ways we don't want to be like Isaac and Jacob. But in other ways, we want to be like them. May we, as they died, may we have that faith now as we live and keep going forward in our own faith. Faith worships at the door of death and faith is able to see past death into the land of glory. And even though there can be difficulties Isaac and Jacob and Joseph had a lot of problems. They saw through that to the ultimate purpose and plan and promise, and that is God and his glory and being with him forever. But God's grace, keep going forward in faith. Lord, we thank you for these three men and these examples that you teach us, Lord, how we can press on in faith, even through Different generations, Lord, we can always trust and believe you. Even if we're at the door of death, Lord, we can worship you. And even, Lord, we can see beyond death. We can stand at the door of death because we see beyond death and being with you forever, Lord. May we keep stretching out our head, as it were, looking at you and seek not to have our identity in the luxuries of life, but rather in the love and the promise of God. Lord, we give you the glory and we praise you. Amen.